Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today.
Today is Tuesday, September 3rd, 2019. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, Hurricane Dorian devastates the Bahamas. Folks, massive damage all across that country. We'll show you some of that and also talk to folks who are on the ground and what they're trying to do to help. We can also going to give you the information on how you can help Bahamians recover from the devastation of Hurricane Dorian. Also, it's making its way to Florida. We'll also get the latest from Paul Goodlow of the Weather Channel. Unions have more support now than they've had in nearly 50 years, according to a new Gallup poll. We'll talk with the president of the AFSCME, Lee Saunders, about this and what does that mean for the election in 2020. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot tells Ted Cruz, keep our name out of your damn mouth. Pretty much what she said. Also, a good Christian woman in Mississippi cancels a black couple's wedding because, well, the bride was white and the groom was black. And she said, no, no, that ain't what we do as Christians. Now they're apologizing. Oh, you showed your true self. We see what it is. And a brother is suing American Airlines for choosing a, to put him off a plane rather than move a support dog. Naomi Osaka shows us what, it, what class looks like in sportsmanship as she consoles Coco Golf. And of course, we have another crazy-ass white person for you, y'all. I, I mean, this one is crazy. This woman claims her dad is black, but what the racist crap she said to this Latino brother in California, absolutely outstanding. I keep telling y'all, Trump has unleashed these folks on America. It's time to bring the funk. I'm rolling about to unfilter. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the fine. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling.
Hurricane Dorian has shifted its sights to Florida while it, of course, blasted the Bahamas. Folks, watch this video here. Uh, it is stunning. The storm which hit the northern Bahamas as one of the strongest Atlantic hurricanes on record has wreaked havoc on the islands for more than two days with unrelenting rain and wind. Five people have been killed, as we know so far. Bahamian Prime Minister Hubert Menes was at a news conference and talked about how devastating this has been on the country. This is probably the most saddened and worst day of my life to address the Bahamian people. And um, I just want to say that as a physician, I've been trained to withstand many things, but never anything like this. We're facing a hurricane, Hurricane Dorian, that one that we've never seen in the history of Bahamas. Many had remained behind, and still there are individuals within the western area who, had re who still refused to leave. I can only say to them that I hope this is not the last time they would hear my voice, and may God be with them. I can say that the Marsh Harbor Arbor Marsh Harbor area of Abaco, parts of it is already underwater. And some areas you cannot tell the difference as to the beginning of the street versus where the ocean begins. And they've not yet been hit by the brunt of the storm. All right, folks, this is a video a friend sent me. Uh, this is Freeport. This is the airport terminal. This is the terminal at the Freeport Bahamas uh, Airport. Completely, completely gutted and destroyed. Uh, again, it is uh, devastation. A lot of our people, a lot of our folks, and understand, uh, we have a huge uh, number of people who walk from the Bahamas who watch Roller Mart Unfiltered. I was there just a couple of months ago, and uh, it is uh, shocking to see what happened there. What can we expect now? Let's go to the Weather Channel meteorologist, Paul Goodlow. Uh, he joins us right now. Paul, glad to have you here. Uh, we've seen that video in uh, the Bahamas there. Nassau, not as they had rain, had flooding, but of course, uh, some of the other islands, I mean, just devastation. One of those islands, 70% underwater. Yeah, so uh, Nassau was about 100, 120 miles away from the center of uh, Hurricane Dorian when it was at its peak intensity, 185 mile per hour sustained winds. Uh, that's basically tied for the second strongest hurricane ever in the Atlantic Basin and the strongest hurricane ever to move across uh, any area there in the Bahamas. So this is something that uh, we have never seen before in our lifetime, for sure, definitely lifetime of the uh, nation of, of the Bahamas as well. Uh, then that was uh, the Abacos, Grand, Great Abacos. The Northern Bahamas were decimated. Then it moved on towards Grand Bahama Island and Freeport. Never got the actual eye of the hurricane, but they got uh, close to the eye wall and then that storm just stalled. So the, the island of Grand Bahama and Freeport, hours upon hours, not like five or six or eight, we're talking like 24 hours or even more than that of this thing moving basically four or five months for more than a day and a half. And, and that's, that's just devastating to that chain. Now, finally, the good news is it's now moving away from Bahamas and 
as it's safer, we can find out the true devastation. I know at least five people lost their lives. My fear is that number can go up by a multiple four or five or more. So, Paul, it was sort of like the hurricane when it just sat on top of Houston and just kept dropping rain and it didn't move. Exactly. Harvey, two years ago, and we're, we're seeing that, uh, that pattern, unfortunately, with our changing climate. We have a lot more energy in the atmosphere, which leads to basically blocking ridges. So storms tend to move from, from west to east across the country. But when we have basically extra fuel making more stubborn patterns, it prevents things from moving easily. So these hurricanes are basically heat engines. They're driven by the fact that the, the, the equator area, the, the tropics, gets more energy than the northern areas, or the poles, I should say. So that energy has to move from the, the tropical regions and then towards the poles, north and southward, depending on the hemisphere. And that's just how our atmosphere and our planet is made up with, with the tilt of the Earth and all that. So. When you have these blocking patterns, well, these things can't move as quickly or as efficiently as they have in the past because they're coming up against things and they just kind of slow down. Harvey, the incredible thing with Harvey a couple of years ago, we looked at some of the models talking about, oh, you can see 20, 30 inches. And we're like, wow, that's, that, 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 that's kind of up there. And we saw twice that amount of rain, record setting in Houston. Never, ever have we seen that much rain from a hurricane ever in uh, the, the U.S. and history of us. But we're seeing this now two years later, a stalled out hurricane damaging. And the last time I can remember a hurricane song like that was Hurricane Wilma over the Yucatan of, of Mexico, Cancun, Cozumel. Those beaches have never fully recovered from uh, more than a day of that hurricane. Uh, Cat wow. just sitting there churning. Over wow. there. If you've ever been to Cancun, the beaches are nothing compared to they were 15 years ago. That's all because of uh, Hurricane Wilma. Uh, Paul, uh, you're in Miami right now? No, I am in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. You see part of the harbor behind me. Uh, we're getting Dorian's closest uh, movement as we head towards Thursday. But starting tomorrow, we'll start seeing and feeling more winds. We'll start here dealing with the, the, the storm surge. Charleston, a lot of history, you know, a lot of history with it, a lot of slave history in, in this area. You know, history that kind of built this country started here in this the oldest city in South Carolina. But it, this is called the low country. It's called low country for a reason. You see behind me, you don't see much relief here. It is just, it's flat as the eye can see. Right. And that's the problem. Charleston's surrounded by the harbor and also fed by two rivers on the other two sides. So when the storm surge comes in from the Atlantic, it kind of blocks the rivers from exiting out toward the Atlantic. But then if you have heavy rain, which unfortunately is also forecast, and the heavy rain swells the rivers, they push towards the Atlantic. Dorian, with its surge, pushes up and back into the harbor. The rivers meet, the, the water can't fully go backwards. It right. goes up and over the land. So we could be dealing with a storm surge four to seven feet on top of high tide. You know, it's already a five-foot tidal range here between high and low tide. We could see maybe a, you know, a, maybe a 10-foot swing. And then you add maybe a couple more feet for surge. So wow. we're going to flood, hands down. The, the, amount, the question mark is how much rain do we get, right. which takes us even into that catastrophic range here. We're hoping right. the dry air keeps coming in from the, the mainland of the southeast, and then that starts to eat away the western side of the hurricane. And that's the good news. We're on the western side. We're on the eastern side of the high wall we'd have a lot more water push back into the harbor, back into the rivers as well. All right, then. Well, certainly we want our folks in South Carolina, North Carolina to be safe as well. Paul, good luck with the Weather Channel. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Sure thing.
Let's not go to Jacqueline Charles. She's the uh, Caribbean correspondent for the Miami Herald. Jacqueline, uh, glad to have you on Roller Martin Unfiltered. Uh, your sense uh, of how uh, the Caribbean, namely uh, the Bahamas, has been devastated by Dorian. This is certainly the most powerful hurricane that the Bahamas has endured, and they are devastated indeed. Earlier today, the Bahamas Prime Minister, Dr. Hubert Minas, led a reconnaissance flight over um, the Abacos. They are still waiting for the all clear to see what's going on in Grand Bahama. I can tell you I have family in the Bahamas. In fact, they're in Freeport, and we haven't been able to get any information from them. But from the reports that we're hearing, I mean, everything is underwater. People were literally cutting holes in their ceilings and stranded there. They're using jet skis and boats to get people out. And in some cases, when people got to shelter, they had to leave that shelter because it started to take on water. As the prime minister said, you know, we build pretty, you know, good houses in the Bahamas, enough to withstand 150 miles per hour winds. But when you have a storm like Dorian, which was packing 165 miles per hour winds and bringing in storm surges of 23 feet, and in some cases, waves of 30 feet, uh, the, the devastation is certainly going to be there. But we need to wait and see um, to what extent and how much it's going to cost to rebuild this island chain. Uh, and you, and you, we talk about uh, that particular cost there. Also, we're showing some other video right now uh, on social media. Folks, go to my iPad. You can get a sense of the devastation there. Um, J Jacqueline, it's, it's not like, I mean, look, for the Bahamas, look, a significant amount of their budget is tourism. And so we saw this happen with St. Thomas. We saw this happen uh, with, with the previous hurricanes, how tourism is greatly impacted. So when this happens, folks don't come to the, don't come to the islands, don't come to the country. They lose that revenue, makes it harder for them to also rebuild. You're right. I mean, there are 700 islands in the Bahamas, right? But the ironic thing in all of this is the islands that we are seeing that are heavily impacted are the islands that are the tourist draw. Even in New Providence, Nassau, the capital, I mean, people woke up yesterday and they were flooded out of their homes because the waters were rising there. Freeport, which is low-lying, has always struggled. And just as a moment where it seems to be getting back and getting the tourism back, they get hit by this devastating storm. So it's going to take a lot to rebuild the Bahamas. And But the prime minister said yesterday that they are committed to doing it and they are going to, you know, make sure that they build back better. And we'll have to see. Uh, also, they announced, uh, they, uh, and if you have the information, uh, an official um, uh, link if folks want to support. Do you actually have that with you? I saw it on Twitter. I had retweeted it uh, in terms of uh, where people, uh, where folks can actually help. I don't have the official link, but at MiamiHerald.com, we actually have been um, writing stories about the relief effort. And I know that the Bahamian officials said that they were going to put something out today because they want to make sure that when you're donating, that you're donating to reputable, you know, charitable organizations. And they want to make sure that the stuff that's being donated are things that are needed and that it reaches. So I know everybody's anxious to help, but I would also just sort of wait a day or two because they really need to start to do some sort of assessment. But there are efforts that are taking place to organize um, relief efforts. If anybody is in the South Florida area, all of the Miami-Dade fire rescue stations, I believe, are drop-off points. Um, also, some of the airports, the private airports, Opalaka Executive Airport in Fort Lauderdale, there are planes that are lined up, ready to go and take supplies, but they're just waiting for the all-clear. So I think we just need to wait. You know, I've covered this issue, like, with Haiti, and everybody wants to give stuff, and sometimes, you know, what we saw with Haiti and Puerto Rico, it just stayed at the port. 
So I think we just need to wait for some official word from the Bahamian authorities um, and then follow their lead. Uh, you're right. And folks, uh, if, uh, here we go to my iPad. We have up right now uh, the Miami Herald story which says the Bahamas needs help following Hurricane Dorian. Here's how you can donate. And so if you actually go to, we're going to push this link out on social media so you can be able to see it. And so there are a number of uh, entities right here on that they have on their website where you can actually give to support what's happening there. Uh, and we'll also, I'll find that tweet that they sent out with the government of uh, uh, the Bahamas sent it out uh, as well. And so for the rest of this week we'll also be having folks from the Bahamas right here on the show. I've been in contact with government officials there uh, as well because again as I said there are a lot of supporters of this show in the Bahamas and we want to do all we can to help them. Uh, Jacqueline Charles we certainly appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Roland. All right folks uh, and so again we'll have the information for you on how you can help the folks there in the Bahamas. Look those are our people. They look like us. We want to make sure that they have our support as well. All right, folks, I want to switch gears. Uh, yesterday, of course, was Labor Day. Uh, it is always interesting when people uh, have Labor Day off. They actually forget, actually, how Labor Day even came about. Uh, it didn't just sort of happen. And uh, some interesting news in terms of where we are in this country. For the first time in more than 50 years, uh, Americans at the highest uh, number in terms of approval of labor unions. According to Gallup poll, their polls show that 64% of Americans approve of labor unions, surpassing 60% for the third consecutive year and up 16 percentage points from its 2009 low point. That is the highest union approval rating Gallup has recorded over the past 50 years. What does this all mean heading into this election? Joining us right now is AFS CME President Lee Saunders. Lee, glad to have you back on the show. One of the partners here, Roland Martin Unfiltered. Thank We certainly appreciate that. Uh, this, um, it was... I mean, this was a surprise to a lot of people, highest in 50 years. I don't think it's a surprise to, uh, to those that are working in the vineyard every day who are trying to organize and educate and mobilize and uh, uh, our communities across the country. People are fed up and they're angry and they're frustrated. And they see that there is a, uh, an inequality that exists, an economic inequality that exists all over the country. And uh, the economic system is rigged. Uh, it's rigged towards those that have a lot of money. Uh, it's rigged toward those that have a lot of power and wealth. And they want more power and wealth at the expense of working people. And working people are saying, hold up, wait up, wait, wait a minute here. I mean, we, we have to have a seat at the table. And that's why you see uh, what's happening where people are saying labor unions are the counterforce are the balance with all of this power and greed that's taking place in this country right now. I, I would say to you this, uh, Roland, uh, if you're talking to a, a, an elected official, 64%, they'd be real happy with 64%. Uh, we're happy with 64%, but we want to we wanna continue to grow. We want to continue to organize all across the country. The reason why I would say folks are surprised is because we literally have seen for the last 20, 25 years, uh, and I would say it goes to the election of Ronald Reagan in 1980, this constant assault, demeaning, and degrading of unions. Uh, you had folks like, oh, no, uh, right-to-work states. You had all these sort of different... Then, of course, you had the Janus decision by the Supreme Court. Um, but now, all of a sudden, you're seeing folks who are saying, even people who were union critic critics years ago who went, wait a minute, hold up, they now are seeing the reality of the decimation of the middle class. Uh, they're seeing the impact on low-wage workers. They're now seeing that because uh, we were, America was a we, the nation was told, oh, no, 
a lot of the free enterprise to do what it does, and then that would uh, rising tide will lift all boats. Now people are saying uh, that didn't work. Well, trickle-down economics doesn't work, and we see it every single day where uh, the wealthy uh, have more wealth at the expense of working people. That that gap is the largest that it has ever been in American history. And people understand that uh, working families need a seat at the table. And the way you get the seat at the table is to join a union. 50% of Americans, if they had the opportunity, are saying that they would join a union to improve their wages, benefits, and working conditions, because they understand the effectiveness of working together and coming together as one uh, to, uh, to deal with the issues that confront our communities every single day. We discussed this uh, a couple of times previously. Do you also think that the the attacks on unions uh, and the election of Trump forced unions, not just your union, but in terms of the union uh, lobby across the country, to go, you know what, we we better start telling our own story because the, the we, again we discussed it before. The biggest biggest criticism that I had is that labor unions allowed themselves to be defined by their opponents and did not have an effective narrative to counter their critics. We had to get back to basics. Uh, the labor movement had to get back to basics. One of the ways in which we get back to basics is to talk with our members, talk to our potential members, have a discussion with them, listen to what they've got to say, and then promote the kinds of activities promote the kinds of good things that unions do all across the country, having a seat at the table, being able to not only improve the lives of our members, but improve the lives of their families and folks living in their communities all across the country. Explain and talk about that narrative and say that that seat is being taken away from you. It's being taken away from you to make you and your families and your communities weaker, and we can't stand for it. People are coming together. This is a movement moment, and you've heard me say this before, where folks from all walks of life are coming together saying, whoa, enough is enough. This is unfair, the economy is rigged, and we've got to do something about it to fix it. Yesterday, uh, Trump, uh, instead of uh, focusing on hurricanes, uh, he was, and also between him playing golf, uh, decided to attack uh, the head of the AFL-CIO, uh, complaining, saying union member union dues are, are way too high. Uh, and so, so what do you make of, again, on Labor Day, Trump, uh, playing golf, attacking unions, the folks who actually created Labor Day. <laughs> we've, got to, we've, we've got to concentrate on uh, what we do best, and that is organizing and educating and mobilizing our members and our communities across the country. We are preparing, just as we did in 2018, and we had major victories in 2018, electoral victories, we're preparing for 2019 and 2020. Uh, we're going to be putting boots on the ground. Our folks will be uh, familiar with what's going on. They're going to be educated about what's happening to working families across this country, and uh, we're going to have a massive campaign in education, but also getting people out to vote. Very, very important. What, what are your trade union folks saying in places like Ohio, where Hillary Clinton lost by 450,000 votes? Uh, a ton of union people supported Trump because of his criticism of NAFTA. Uh, we saw the exact same thing. A lot of union workers who voted for Obama in 2008, 2012, who chose to vote for Trump in Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Um, what, what, what conversations are being had? What are they saying that they're going to do? Uh, those, uh, you know, you, those uh, uh, auto workers. Trump talked about, oh, well, bringing it back, but 
that hasn't happened. Steel workers, he claims, they're building new steel mills. They're not. And so what discussions are being had with those union leaders to say, how are you going to go directly to your people and say, you voted against your own interest in last election? What's the reality now? One thing that we have now that we didn't have in 2015 and 2016 was Trump now has a track record. He made a lot of promises to working people. A lot of folks fell for those promises. But now you've got a track record. He has a track record. You go to Lordstown, right outside of Youngstown in Ohio, and you talk to those workers about the promises that he made in keeping that plan open. And if you recall, he made the statement, don't sell your homes because you're going to be just fine. The plant closed. You can replicate that story in state after state mm -hmm. after state. Promises broken. We've got to educate our folks and working families saying he promised a lot, but he didn't deliver on anything. That's exactly what we're going to do. Uh, also, almost in this way, uh, tomorrow is our first anniversary of this show. Uh, and uh, in the course, we ran the numbers. So in the last year, uh, we've done about 70 million views uh, across all three platforms, uh, increased our YouTube channel by more than 200,000. And so uh, we certainly appreciate AFSCME being one of our uh, founding partners in helping us do this uh, because, it, because part of the piece is also being able to have uh, communication apparatus and supporting uh, media that understands these issues that speak to our people. You're getting a message out, a very, very important message out to, uh, uh, to our community. People need to hear it, uh, and we're going to continue to support you. So, in fact, that message continues to get out there, and we do what we must do to change this country and move this country forward. Because uh, 2020 is going to be critical, and, and, and I am, uh, the concern that I have is that we saw it in 2016, uh, your mainstream media outlets showing empty podiums of Trump uh, and whatever kind of crazy thing that he said, but not hearing from and speaking to the very people who are most impacted by this public policy? I think that you have a, a, a message machine, Roland, I really do, and we've got to target our communities to impress upon them the importance of this election and the issues that impact on them and what could happen if we continue down this direction. Uh, so uh, we support what you're doing. I think that you've got to, to go into these communities right. in every city. Okay, and sit down and talk with young black men, okay, with older black men. Talk to communities of color and explain to them and talk to them and listen to them about the issues that are confronting them every single day and then draw a conclusion and bring them together saying the only way that you can deal with this is collectively coming together and making your voices heard. One of the ways you make your voices heard is to get out there, register to vote but also to vote. We have this opportunity. That's why it is a movement moment. And you have a, a key place in moving that message with the people who listen to you, just as, as unions have a key place right. in moving that message, okay? And putting boots on the ground and educating folks so we understand what's at stake next year. Well, we're definitely going to do that, just like we were in Memphis in uh, uh, last year, MLK 50, uh, and then, of course, 2017. And then we are definitely going to be, uh, in terms of pushing, uh, going to those places, uh, because uh, I think we also have to connect the dots. And we talked the same thing about before. A lot of people don't understand uh, in terms of what happens with this particular race, how it impacts something way over here. We're going to discuss in a moment what happened in North Carolina, where three judges have now ruled that they are a complete redrawing of all districts in North Carolina because of po uh, political gerrymandering. Mm -hmm. How that, dis and the work of Reverend Barber and others mm -hmm. to change the state Supreme Court. So now if they appeal the decision, 
you now have a democratically controlled state Supreme Court who's more likely going to rule in faith, keep that uh, court ruling. So people who only think about D.C. have to understand that when you talk about mobilizing and organizing, it impacts these state races and local races. Well, and let me, let me say this, and that's our neighborhood. Uh, that's where our folks live, their families live, our communities. Those down-ballot races are just as important mm -hmm. as the races that are taking place nationally and here, congressionally, Senate-wise. Those down-ballot races are just as important as a presidential race, okay? You've got to elect a friendly governor. You've got to elect a friendly state legislature who believes in supporting working families. And courts. Supporting our communities. And courts, the appointment in those courts. Well, you can elect in some state right. supreme courts. But that's one thing that people don't think about. Republicans look at, do. Look what no, they do. Look what Trump has been able to do with his friends on Capitol Hill as far as appointing justices, mm -hmm. okay? Appointing judges in states that are going to be there for a long time yep. who are going to be carrying their philosophy. That should scare everybody. And that should at least tell us that we've got to organize ourselves to combat that kind of activity because the kinds of the kinds of decisions they're going to be making are going to impact on us for years and years and years. Uh, we're certainly looking forward to, uh, over the next year. Uh, your commentary is right here on the show and also, of course, our American Worker segment, uh, which uh, we also uh, get some great stories that you guys have done with Ask Me uh, about folks out there doing stuff on the ground. So it's been good to feature those individuals uh, and showing other folks uh, what they're doing and the great work that they're doing. They're the everyday heroes in public service. Absolutely. Lee Saunders, we appreciate it. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank you, brother. All right, folks. Got to break right now. We come back. We're going to talk with our panel about impacts of unions in this election and also what's happening in North Carolina uh, when it comes to gerrymandering. All of that next. Roller Martin Unfiltered. Back in a moment. You want to check out Roller Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roller Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roller Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. All right, folks, this Friday, if you're going to be in Atlanta, I'll be there. You don't want to miss me at the Ride Money in Motion Conference at the Louder Milk Center, moderating a panel about access and ownership sponsored by Banji, the only African-American-owned publicly traded cannabis organization in the world. I'll be on the panel. Matthew Knowles, Bonita Money, Ryan Mack, and the whole Banji family will be front and center discussing entry into the multi-billion dollar and growing cannabis industry and how you can become a distributor, shareholder, or cannabis landlord. If you are interested in making money in this booming industry, then I promise you, you don't want to miss this. Our panel is going to be at 2.30, but for a full list of other panels, activations, and tickets, please visit ride.rollingout.com. Ride.rollingout.com. And so you don't, don't want to miss it again. As this Friday in Atlanta, and you certainly don't want to miss it. I want you guys to be there, uh, because why? Everybody keeps talking about expungement, which is critically important. But this is a $340 billion global industry, and black folks should be on the front end of making money when it comes to cannabis, as opposed to us having to spend money because our people were thrown in jail 
for selling it. And so, again, we will certainly want to have you guys uh, at that. And so that's taking place again this uh, Friday in Atlanta. So please don't miss it. All right, folks, I want to bring in my panel right now. I want to have a conversation about what we just talked about with Lee Saunders uh, and, again, the unions and their impact. Joining me right now, of course, uh, is uh, Malik Abdul. He is a uh, vice president, Black Conservative Federation, Kelly Bethea, communication strategist, Dr. Jason Nichols, African-American Studies, University of Maryland. Anybody surprised at that Gallup poll? that highest number in 50 years, 64% of Americans approving of labor unions? It's not, I, it wasn't too surprising to me when we just look at just um, historically when labor unions have been most popular. And as I was reading in that particular article, it talked about the fact that um, when the economy is generally doing well, uh, people tend to appreciate labor unions more um, because for various reasons, I don't know, um, but that is something that over time you've actually seen. And I think they um, pointed to another, a low period um, in that I think maybe it was from 2009 to 2012 or something, but that was really coming right out of the recession. So it seems like that may be the sort of ebb and flow. I'm not, I don't, I don't know how far those. Yeah, but, 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 but we're back. talking about the highest number in 50 years here, Kelly. And what, to me, what we're seeing, first of all, the steady increase over the last 15, 20 years. I think what has happened is people have finally woken up and stopped accepting the bullshit from corporations that let us do whatever we want to do. Trust me, you're going to get the money back. And people realize, wait a minute, we're out here busting our ass. Productivity is at an all-time high. Wages have been suppressed. And y'all are sitting here making all the damn money and workers are not. That is, I think people, I think people are now understanding why unions have played a role in growing the middle class for demanding and fighting for better wages and benefits. That makes perfect sense to me, especially, like you said, in a time where productivity is at all-time high. But now, the fact that we're at its highest in this year during this particular presidency, a president who does not necessarily um, advocate for the working man the way that he's supposed to be advocating for him, he looks like it, you know, he'll go to Texas, the Bible Belt, and other rallies and make it look like he's advocating for blue collar and uh, other industries that are are tailored or are used to uh, labor unions, but they he's not for them, really. So when you're when you're in that kind of predicament, I can see why it's at an all-time high, because nobody really feels like they're being heard, especially at corporations like the ones that Trump has. Uh, Jason, uh, union membership at a high 28% in 1954. It's today, it's 11%. Right. Uh, Republicans can't stand unions. Just 80% uh, uh, of Democrats support unions, 45% right. of Republicans approve of unions, 62% of independents. And I think what you're also seeing uh, we talk about unions uh, is, again, Republicans have always had this pro-business agenda supported by the Chamber of Commerce and others, and they have been folks who have absolutely been against labor unions. No, absolutely. And I think Lee Saunders broke it down pretty well when he said that they have been the, the people who have advocated for trickle-down economics, the idea that if you make the wealthy very wealthy, then they're going to spread the wealth down. <clears throat> and right now, when we're, you know, pretty much at full employment, we see wages haven't grown, you know. Uh, and I think that that's something that, that frustrates your average American. I think also, even though teachers' unions have been body slammed over, you know, the last decade, we see that teachers, a lot of teachers can't pay their bills. 
you know, and that's something that, you know, um, that labor unions have advocated for. And, you know, me, you know, again, being somebody who studies history, when we look at the civil rights movement, you can make an argument that it was a labor union, the, the Brotherhood of Sleeping Bar Car Porters, hmm. that actually started the civil rights movement, or at least was a major force in it with A. Philip Randolph. So I think you're going to see them start to slowly grow. I don't know that they'll ever make it back to the numbers that they were in the 1950s. Uh, but you're going to see that. And when labor unions increase, so does voter participation. Mm -hmm. And that's something that uh, I think is important right now. Well, and also I think you have to make a distinction when you talk about unions because, let's just be clear, Republicans love police unions. Absolutely. Fire unions. Yeah. Trade unions. They can't stand teachers' unions. Right. They can't stand SEIU. They can't stand uh, AFSCME. American Federation of County State Municipal Employees. And so, uh, and so when you talk about union support, it all depends on what that union is because, uh, again, uh, Trump loves touting his uh, police uh, view because guess what? Police unions are typically pro-Republican, very conservative. And so that's why when people talk about unions, you, you got to break down because right. you had all these trade unions who were all excited when Trump was like, oh, we're going to build an infrastructure. They were thinking jobs, jobs, jobs. Uh, ain't <laughs> happening, Malik. Well, ain't so happening at all. Are, are, are you surprised that there are some contradictions in our politics? No, 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 it's not contradictions. Um, no, 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 what I'm explaining well, is... No, no, here's what I'm explaining. When people hear the word union, mm -hmm. a lot of times people think that means pro-democratic or progressive or liberal. What I'm trying to say is, no, union, there are different unions out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. And so a lot of people get confused by that when they hear that phrase because so within the union movement, you got to deal with the reality that there are white men who are conservative, who are also anti-black, who are racist, who are bigots, okay? Trade unions historically have not wanted black folks in there, those high-paying jobs, and so you so they, you got to go beyond that umbrella term and say, no, what type of union are we talking about? Well, yeah, well, I think that it's fair to d talk about the complexities um, of people's positions on certain things, but I think you just acknowledged that, you know, yes, Republicans do support unions. You know, they may support certain... Some unions. unions. So they, they may support <laughs> certain unions over the others, so I don't think that it's a fair... It's fair to say that Republicans cannot stand unions. It's just, as you said, it just depends on exactly no, what it is. No, overall, the numbers don't lie. 55% of Republicans don't like well, there, unions. I think, that we, I think we're now in double-digit double, double improvement um, when I was looking at that particular article in Republicans who actually support unions. So it seems like that there's a, just a continuing trend across the board. Yeah, because also there's some broke-ass Republicans out there <laughs> who keep voting who also realize that I've been voting against my economic interests for all this time. I might want to believe in the concept of collective bargaining and having some rights and also health care, things along those lines. That's an interesting perspective. No, it ain't interesting. That's real. That is that's, interesting that's, that's real. That's why, that's, what, that's what's going on. So you got folks in South Carolina and Mississippi mm -hmm. and North Carolina and Georgia uh, who got sold that bill of goods about yeah. uh, right to work, and all of a sudden it was kind of like, right. yeah, but also you got a yeah, right to get fired uh, without any, uh, yeah, well, without all that. Now realizing that they are not going to be rich like they've been promised, so now right. they have well, they to shouldn't have believed that. <laughs> well, but they were promised that. Doing. Well, that's not. I mean, nobody's gonna. I mean, very few people become rich. So no, no, no. But we, but, but that's, but wait a minute. That's what your party was promising. Well, the, if the, if my party party were promising that people were not if rich. 
Um, we probably should not have taken that seriously. I mean, that's what Donald Trump actually kind of won on. Well, not, well, not, I don't, I don't think Donald Trump won that he was going to make people rich. I mean, no, I Don, consider Donald Trump won rich. by saying, I'm going to bring the jobs back. Yeah, They're going to stay that's not, here. That's not what Lee rich, just though. said, hey, don't worry about y'all homes. All is good. We're going to rebuild these cities. We're going to build steel mills. But We're going to build rich. coal that's plants. That's not being rich. No, no, hold up. I'm saying there's a difference between having a steady paycheck Absolutely. and losing it. You got these coal miners in West Virginia who all of a sudden two weeks ago found out they were out of jobs and then when they tried to cash those last checks, uh, they all bounced. Mm. But Trump and, his coal, and his Trump and his coal buddies haven't said anything. I wonder why. All right, y'all, let's talk about North Carolina. Today, a three-judge panel issued a major ruling dealing with the issue of political gerrymandering, a massive 357-page opinion where well, they have struck down the state's House and Senate seats, saying the state must have until September 18th to redraw all of them in time for 2020. They said it was partisan gerrymandering. Republicans, they have lost. Folks, let me tell you how they've been fighting this. Th let me tell you something. There's no more evil and sinister group of Republicans in America than those in North Carolina. These people are pure trash in North Carolina and how they have tried to upend democracy as best that they could, rewrite the rules, and how they have targeted black folks and others. Well, guess what? This is the 22nd time a court, a state or federal court has ruled in gerrymandering. That shows you what's going on there, folks. Let's go right now to Tomas Lopez, executive director of Democracy North Carolina. And Tomas, obviously, this is a huge huge decision because the Supreme Court ruled that they had really no jurisdiction, they really couldn't get involved in this, basically saying, whatever the states decide, it's up to you. Now you have this court in North Carolina saying, redraw every single House and Senate uh, race there. But people who don't understand, Republicans have used that power to, to have a supermajority in North Carolina. This changes the whole ballgame. That's right. You know, the background here is that we had maps that were drawn in 2011 that were litigated several times. Uh, there was a ruling that a federal court came out with a few years ago that said those state house, state senate maps were unlawful racial gerrymanders. And so in 2017, they had to draw new maps. Those new maps, they said, we are drawing these not for racial purposes, but to favor Republicans over Democrats. They were very explicit in saying this, even the legislators said it themselves. And these were the maps that were challenged in court. These were the maps that were challenged in this case. And these are the ones that the that this North Carolina court panel has now said are unlawful under the North Carolina Constitution. And look, the Democrats control the state Supreme Court. Republicans, again, they tried to even screw that around by trying to take, they, they literally tried to take a, a lot of their power and give it to the court below them as opposed to them being the highest court uh, in North Carolina. Uh, and so uh, what do you think the response from Republicans is going to be? Well, you know, they've actually already said that they are not going to appeal this ruling. They are not appealing the ruling, and they're, the Senate president has put out a statement saying, we're going to go ahead and draw what they're saying will be nonpartisan maps. Now, what the court has done is they said, listen, you have two weeks, General Assembly, to draw new maps, and you have to do it in a public way. And so one of the things that all of us in North Carolina are going to be doing is watching this process, hopefully weighing in as well. But what the court is also doing 
is appointing a referee, a special master, to help evaluate those maps and, if necessary, draw their own. And let's be clear here. By the court saying it has to be open because you have had consistent efforts in the past where Republicans have done stuff behind closed doors and literally dropped it in Democrats' laps saying, y'all got 24 hours uh, uh, and then we're going to pass it in 48 hours. That's right. One of the things that, that is important here, and it came up during the case, right, were these documents that, that were from uh, Thomas Hoffler, the former guru who, re who drew many maps around the country and was based here in North Carolina. You know, this feeling they were being cooked up in a back room and presented as a final deal. Here, these maps that are supposed to be drawn in the next couple of weeks, they are supposed to be done in a way where the public is going to have it say, uh, we'll see what that ends up looking like. And again, I, I wouldn't understate the importance of this special referee, this special master that the court is also going to bring in as well. And again, last one here for you, uh, Tomas. Again, uh, this was a common cause lawsuit. Uh, and uh, I know that was some differences of opinion there because the courts had already ruled on racial gerrymandering. This was political gerrymandering. The case that went to the Supreme Court was one about political gerrymandering. And I know there are people in North Carolina who felt that they should have focused on racial gerrymandering, and that's what gave the Supreme Court an out, if you will, by saying we really can't speak on political gerrymandering. Right. There have been some lawsuits in North Carolina that have, that just recently, right, and again in the last couple of years, have invalidated districts on the basis of racial gerrymandering. One of the challenges, and I think one of the reasons you've seen these partisan gerrymandering lawsuits is because what the uh, what the legislators have attempted to do at times is to say, well, we're not discriminating on the basis of race, we're discriminating on the basis of party. And so that's created this opening to go on and try to pursue a different way. What was really what is really good about today's ruling now is that you now have, under North Carolina law, racial gerrymandering is prohibited and partisan gerrymandering is prohibited. So you've got two potential routes now for challenging that moving forward. All right, then. Tomas Lopez, Executive Director of Democracy North Carolina. Congratulations. Again, uh, y'all have been doing an amazing job. You're a nonpartisan group, but you've been trying to get people to understand you can't have Republicans or Democrats trying to stack the deck in that state. If you want to win, do it fair and square, and don't sit here and try to rig the game. And so y'all have been doing some great work, and we really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right, thank you. All right, we're on my panel here. Uh, Melek, that's a big slap down to your party. Well, it's, it's to the Republicans in North Carolina. That's your party. Uh, well, are, you not a, is, are you a Republican? Our, yes, but our party does not, it's not the party of voter suppression. Yes, you are. No, no, we're You not. are the party of that, voter suppression. What the hell are you talking about? Your, this you is, are the party of voter this, suppression. This is what's happening in North Carolina. Our party that you, would, you, would you like for me to bring our, up? Our, 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 I'm sorry, would you like me to bring up Alabama and Texas apparatus and Florida? does not okay. have anything about voter really? suppression in any of okay, the Okay, hold up. So it's not something, really? while it may be something that Republicans actually do, this is not something that is wholly supported by the Republican Party. Has, has the Republican Party spoken out against any of this? Well, not, yes speaking, or no? out, not speaking out against something. No, no. Promoting ha things has the has the has so to, to, to that point, the Republican Party. So I'm, I'm talking about the Republican Party. No, I'm asking, Melek, has the Republican Party has has the Republican that, Party? That is can not 
can you even show me can you even show me a tweet where the Republican Party has actually said the actions in North Carolina are wrong whether it does or not our party as a party does not support voter suppression yes you do no we do not you do it wait a minute you do it in Texas we do not and in Florida as a and in Maine this is not no your party Kelly, the Republican Party is all about voter suppression. No, we're not. Right, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, right, right, wait, wait, right now, they are warning, right now, Democrats are warning people in Ohio, right now, okay, to double check your status because they're going to purge some 200,000 people. Why? Because Republicans in Ohio came up with the whole deal on how to purge people. A white man sued them because they said, oh, you haven't voted in the last couple of elections, so therefore we're taking your name off the rolls. When did the Supreme Court, that conservative Supreme Court, agree with Ohio, which now do the purging? The purging of voters in Georgia, largely impacting black voters. That's voter suppression. So again, I can go state by state, Kelly, and show how Republicans and how Ronald McDaniel, Ronald Ronnie McDaniel ain't said Jack. So Trump ain't she said, said Jack. Anything, that right? she say, it. If you don't say nothing, mm-hmm. you damn sure agree with it. Well, that's, Kelly, go that's ahead. Your characterization Kelly, go ahead. of it, Roland. That's not a characterization. Yes, that, it is. that is exactly what it is. So if I don't say that, if I don't agree with something and I don't verbalize a a anything about it, then it is going to be what it is. So the Republicans aren't saying anything about voter suppression. Instead, they are letting other Republicans suppress votes. Well, there, I don't think the party. I don't think there's any evidence that the report, the, the actual Here's political apparatus Silence of the party, is, is allowed. Ah, ah, to wait a minute. No, you Silence just, is an accident. Jason, you know what's so true. funny about this here? It's just there are true. Republican members from North Carolina. There are Republicans who sit on the Republican National Committee. They ain't said a damn thing about what the Republicans in North Carolina are doing. Well, have right. you, has anybody hey. asked them? So, uh, Hell yes. 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 Jason, go ahead. I know, it's hilarious. I think, you know, number one, we know that Republicans are, are the party of... Uh, you know, of voter ID. They're, yeah. they're a party of many different efforts to suppress votes, of course, closing Stacey down. Stacey Abrams lost because yeah. of all this mess. No, Stacey lost because she lost. Yeah, no, they closed, they closed down. That's, that's what she likes that to say. Clear cut they closed down. That's what she likes to say. Voting She's just sites a sore loser. In, in pre- predominantly black communities. Mm-hmm. So that was specifically targeted uh, by, by the, um, the Kemp campaign. Now, Beyond that, if you are doing the monkey emoji, you know, the monkey, <laughs> you know what I mean? Here, no evil. Th- then you are actually guilty <laughs> of, of being complicit. La, 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 la. I hear nothing. La, 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 la. I don't want to hear it. That, you know, that's that's, and, that's and just not how even often a reasonable do I have to, to hear from from Republicans, whether it's on Sinclair or whether it's on Fox or wherever? How often do I have to hear? Why aren't you going to call this out by Democrats? Whatever it is, if any Democrat does anything anywhere in America, they're they are expecting Democrats to call it out. But yet we see where state Republican parties are clearly trying to suppress black votes. And now we're saying, well, hold on, hold on, but say, hold on, hold on, hold on, but this ain't just black. No, no, they trying to suppress young voters. Right. Hell, 
elderly voters. Right. Didn't they do something they, regarding colleges and not trying to uh, have people early, register ending early voting. at their dorms? Oh, oh my God. They're oh my God. To, first of all, first of all, first of all, the, 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 the reason, re, reason Melick needs to stop, stop trying to be a troll right now. It's because, not being a troll. Melick, 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 your party, on your show your before. party, literally. You want me to own no, things no, 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 I don't want you to own it. You want me to I want you to be honest. You saying that I want you to stop lying. It's the is the party of voters they are. It's not something that I'm going to accept. Did, I've, not, I disagree. I disagree. When a federal judge, when, when, when voter suppression, when federal judges, show, when federal judges, again, when federal judges rule something that when federal the judges, that when federal making, judges rule that North Carolina Republicans targeted black folks with a laser-like approach, mm -hmm. I did, Republicans I, in North Carolina. I, 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 wait, North I Carolina. did not hear a single, a single peep out of any national Republican calling it an abomination, saying that is wrong, saying that is undemocratic, saying that well, is I unfair. I don't know if they said I, it or not. No, they didn't. Well, we I don't, hold on. We've covered it. I don't We've covered it, it, and they ain't not. said nothing. Kelly, go ahead. The fact that this case made it all the way to a court also shows just how much time it took for it to get there. This was not an easy thing. This was not a quick thing, Kelly, which also this means... This was the 22nd time. That's what I'm a saying. A state so, or federal court has said, y'all, this is some damn gerrymandering. And that's what I'm trying to say. So all of this evidence and no evidence of Republicans saying, hey, don't do that. In fact, we have the opposite. We have Well, I don't know if that's times. true or not. That's, that's probably an exaggeration. Republican but, saying but, in North so, Carolina. So no Republican has we, ever spoken out about any of this. I hold up, hold up. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. I'll see. I'll, Melik, I'll help you out. When Colin Powell was invited to uh, North Carolina by the previous governor, who was a Republican. Oh, Colin Powell called out the Republican governor and Republicans' efforts to suppress the vote. I remember that. Republicans got mad at him. Mm -hmm. Let me say this again, y'all, because again, uh, we have been, I've been covering this issue since I've had a national show in 2009, okay? I got NABJ's National Journalist of the Year because of my coverage on voter suppression. So I ain't sitting here just throwing stuff out. Let me get y'all to understand how callous, how evil, and how sick the Republican Party of North Carolina is. Now, the National Republican Party has said nothing. Federal court rule, laser-like precision targeting black voters. Republicans in North Carolina asked for the data to show when do black people vote early. They showed that 70% of African Americans voted in the first week of early voting. Guess what the Republicans in North Carolina did? They stripped nearly all early voting in the state in, until reduced it to one location in each county in the first week. This is the same party that also moved early voting locations off of college campuses because they were like, ah, oh, too many of them who are voting. This is the same party. North Carolina, y'all, used to be on the bottom. Just so y'all understand, North Carolina used to be on the bottom of voter participation. 2008, Obama runs, wins North Carolina by 14,100 votes, flips that whole state. Republicans are like, oh, hell no. They immediately begin to change the rules, aided by winning in 2010. In North Carolina, they used to have actually civic classes that would teach uh, North Carolinians who were 16 and 17 to prepare them when they turn 18. Republicans in North Carolina got rid of the classes. Okay? Voter ID. We can go down the line. What happened there? 
Now, why is Melick wrong about his whole party? Because his party saw what North Carolina did. So guess what? Texas did their own deal, led by Republicans there. Alabama, Maine. Let me tell you what they did in Maine. In Maine, they had automatic same-day registration. If you voted, uh, 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 when you went and vote, the Republicans in Maine got rid of it. Y'all, they didn't ask nobody. They just got rid of it. The voters in Maine said, what the hell is this? Put it back on the ballot the next election and voted it back in. I can show you state by state how Republicans have tried to manipulate the vote. Y'all, do y'all forget 2012 when the Obama campaign had to sue Ohio when we're in uh, board of elections in Ohio where Republicans had a majority? They extended the voting hours in, in Ohio, but in the counties where, uh, the, where we had Democrats, they actually limited, they got sued, and the Secretary of State, Republican, yet to admit in court, yeah, that's kind of unfair to have extended voting hours in Republican counties and shorter voting hours in Democratic counties. We can go Florida. Again, we can walk this thing down state by state. The Republican Party fully embraces voter suppression and all of those tactics. And see, what Melick wants to do is play games by saying, oh, no, there's no sheet of paper that says we love voter suppression. Folks, I can judge you by your actions. And the reality is, your party, as a party, has not said jack. Not Reince Priebus, not Ronald McDaniel Romney, none of them. Not Trump, because you know why? Y'all benefit from voter suppression, and that's well, why your party I, I, supports I, well, it. Well, well, I don't know if that's the answer or not, um, but as I've said on this show, I don't support any effort to suppress the vote. Right, so, you don't, and so, but your party and so does. As a member of the party, I do know that, that I do not own the fact that that's something that the party does. No, no, does. but you, but, 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 but Melly, it's not a, Melly, it's not you a can say it's not right. It's, it's not a, it's Melly, not a you can say it's not right, it's, and I'm cool and with I that, know but you can't be in denial about your party. support that. And there are people that I know in the party who also don't support. Guess what? And none, so, none of y'all, are the, none of y'all are the RNC chair. Right. Well, none of y'all are the vice well, chair. Ask them their none opinions. Of, on we it. have. Ask them their opinions. Melick, the I had Melick, I had Rice Priest, not just on you. The time There's an entire the media show. apparatus and out there. And we have. Why you know don't what? they ask they, them they have. about those issues? And they all, CNN, they all Fox, support it. All of them. They all support because they all support it. I don't represent the RNC. Your party, your party supports. They should ask them those questions if they your party supports it. it i'm gonna go to a break y'all right now and we come back we're gonna talk about melick state of mississippi <laughs> well christians in mississippi this christian we are we y'all can't have no wedding <laughs> in our place of business not with a black man and a white woman oh no you didn't that's next on roller martin unfiltered you want to support Roller Martin Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roller Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roller Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. RollerMartinUnfiltered.com.
right, he is going to be one of the folks performing in Cabo for the Life Lux Jazz Experience, folks. It's going to be unbelievable, November 7th through the 11th. Of course, we're going to have top-notch music in an upscale destination. Folks, it's going to be taking place the weekend-long event. It's going to be at the Omnia Day Club Los Cabos. you see it right behind me. Nestle on the Sea of Cortez and the Celebrity Playground of Los Cabos, Mexico. Uh, we're going to offer ultimate getaway for discerning jazz aficionados, folks. You're going to have, again, music and food and drink and all this fun stuff. Golf, spa, fitness, you name it, it's going to be fantastic. And in addition, I'll be doing Roland Martin Unfiltered from there that Thursday and Friday. Some of the biggest names in jazz are going to be there, folks. Uh, among the people who are already confirmed, comedian actor Mark Curry, as I said, Gerald Albright, Alex Bunyong, Raul Madan, Incognito, Pieces of a Dream, my man Kirk Whalem, Average White Band, Donnie McClurkin, Shalea, Roy Ayers, Tom Brown, Ronnie Laws, Ernest Quarles. Folks, we're going to have a fantastic time. And, of course, my birthday is actually about three days after the festival's over, so we can make it a birthday thing. And so I want y'all to come out to Cabo, folks, uh, November 7th through the 11th. For more information right now, go to lifeluxjazz.com. Look, some of y'all going to be in Chicago, Minneapolis. Y'all going to be on the East Coast freezing your ass off, so you know you want to have some sun and fun. So come on down to Cabo uh, with me and the folks with Life Lux Jazz, November 7th through the 11th. For more information, go to lifeluxjazz.com. That's L-I-F-E. L-U-X-E-J-A-Z-Z.com. It's going to be fantastic, I guarantee it. All right, folks. Mississippi. Lord have mercy. The owner of a wedding venue in Boonville, Mississippi, is now apologizing after turning away a couple who wanted to get married there when she found out the bride is a white woman and the, broom, the groom is black. Press play. Well, we don't do gay weddings or mixed race. Okay, so because why Because of our Christian race. I mean, our Christian belief. Okay, we're Christians as well, so... Yes, what... What in the Bible tells you that... Well, I don't want to argue my faith. No, that's fine. Just, that's yeah, fine. We, just, we just don't participate. Okay. We just choose not to. Okay, so that's your Christian belief, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Cambria Welch, the sister of the groom, confronted the owner... And again, uh, she said, our Christian race, oh, I'm sorry, our Christian beliefs. <laughs> and the unidentified woman has since apologized, and the city of Boonville mayor and the board of aldermen issued a statement saying they do not discriminate on the basis of race, religion, gender, age, national order, disability, marital status, sexual orientation, or military status. Melek, what, what, what the hell is up with your state? Which well, white this Christian? Is, this, is mean, a, this is a very unfortunate case in such a great state, um, Mississippi. Uh, I clearly... <laughs> It seems as if in this particular case that things took care of itself. It's unfortunate that they had to um, cancel their plans to have a um, wedding at that venue. But the fact that the mayor, and I think it was someone else that you mentioned, of Boonesville actually came out um, and talked about the fact that they don't in endorse or condone any sort of discrimination, that just speaks to the great history, the great way that we've come. He don't want to bring up... The, the, the great the way that we, that we you, have you, come. You heard him, Jason, say... You heard her, her to say, our Christian race... I'm sorry, I'm sorry our Christian right, belief. Right, right. We come a long way. We Christians, too. Well, I, I ain't trying to argue Bible. Right, yeah, I mean, I, that was just despicable. And I hope, you know, that no one else of color... 
Uh, and certainly, you know, it's, it's... Hell, nobody. Nobody, exactly. White folks shouldn't get married there. Yeah. And it, I imagine that that's... Shut them down. That's exactly what right. will happen. It, it, it reminds me of, uh, I believe it was um, Thurgood Marshall, when they said, do you advocate Negroes not shopping at, the, at these chain stores? He said, no, I advocate that American citizens not do that. And yeah. I think that whatever that company is and, and wherever well, that place is... It's yeah. like, I know that the social media for this particular venue has shut down. Um, she took down the apology, I think, because in the apology, and I quote, says, biracial uh, relationships were never mentioned in the Bible. That's her claim to why she thinks these things. First of all, she's wrong. Yeah, I mean... She's, like, duh. really wrong. Duh. Um, Moses' wife is arguably black, um, because... Queen of Sheba. Queen Solomon. of Sheba. Uh, Moses Jesus is black. black. <laughs> Jesus black. But I'm just talking about just, like, you know, core things, like just Old Testament stuff that a lot of evangelicals really adhere to. Um, not the, you know, love your neighbor as yourself mm. part. You know, not the do unto others part. But just the, mm. the, the traditional things. Like Miriam, Moses' sister, actually was cursed by Baby, God you gonna because... Baby, you're going to wait. You're going to wait. I know. I'm a nerd. You, you ain't got to go that deep. This is yeah. a racist white Still, woman. it's just... This is a racist white and, woman. And it took care of itself, it seems like. It didn't take care of itself. It, it, no, it, that's what it seems like. After those people like. were humiliated... Well, of course they were humiliated. You know, right. then post-humiliation, look boy, at what we have. Boy, bye. They were condemned. You have they're, a racist they're, state. They're, that's what you have. But, well, I, I don't have a racist... You have many racist states. Well, I don't live in a racist state. Well, you got that Confederate symbol on your flag. I don't live in a racist state. That's right, because you live in D.C. That's right, because you don't live in a state. You've been here for decades. The fact that you East Coast elitist have a problem. Hey, Actually, who the hell is East Coast? Kelly, where you from? Kelly, where you from? Mid-Atlantic Kelly, where you from? I'm from here. Where you from, Jason? Elitist. I'm from here. And then, I'm sorry. And then you being I'm an from New York. Now, Hold on. How the hell, how, how the hell is I'm a mid-Atlantic elitist you, and my ass from Houston? But because you yeah. share some of those elitists with Your ass live in D.C. And what does that have to do with You know what you are? A mid-Atlantic elitist. Let me go my next damn story. Boy, cut that bullshit out. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot did not come to play with Senator Ted Cruz, the Republican senator from Texas, tweeted that gun control doesn't work and pointed to Chicago as evidence that disarming law-abiding citizens isn't the answer. Lightfoot responded by tweeting some facts for Cruz and ended the Twitter battle by telling him, quote, keep our name out of your mouth. And you probably scared to even go to Chicago. Dana Holcomb is calling out American Airlines for kicking him off a flight so a dog could sit in first class during a trip to Austin, Texas from a, from a 53rd birthday celebration in Vegas. Holcomb was confirmed to fly in first class on American Airlines Flight 691 after a layover in Phoenix. While on the flight, he discovered that the passenger traveling beside him was accompanied by her pet support dog. Holcomb was allergic to dogs and started to, started to have a reaction. The pet owner offered to change seats with someone else in first class, but the flight crew got involved. He was asked to move to the back of the plane. By the time the dog's owner found a passenger to exchange seats with uh, Holcomb, <coughs> security had been called, escorted him off the plane in Phoenix without his luggage or medication. He said he had to find his own way home. But I got to ask you this. What's up with these people in these servers? Did y'all see this damn pony... This this this, yeah, this yeah. pony horse, I whatever the hell. Um, this this woman had a pony horse on the plane. Look, uh, look, okay. If your ass need a pony horse to fly, take the damn bus. Right. <laughs> yeah. This is this is. I, I, I'm 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 about tired of these people and these weird ass support animals. Like it, it, it's I not. It was a it was a pony. Yeah, it was. It was Yo, this thing is. T I'm yeah. telling you. So okay. This, 
This is something that they, and I imagine that, you know, we're, as we continue to have these sort of incidents, that the airlines are going to more and more. I think Delta was one recently who clarified their mm-hmm. um, um, emotional support because what has been happening is, is that, you know, their service animals and then emotional... Go to my iPad. Oh, my God! That's a donkey! Mm. Yes! Mercy. That's unbelievable. That's a damn pony horse. Uh, on a plane, right behind first class. And the fact uh, that the airlines course. even had to make an allowance for that. But this isn't the that. that he had no, to No, 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 that, no, that's, that's a different story. Uh, now, okay. now does, okay. does the pony have a diaper on? Because what if that pony poops? Well, I guess it's the same. It's like uh, a I'm just... I, I can't even out. think that far but, ahead. Yo, I'm serious. But, they, but they, the fact that they had to allow... So, that, that they had no discretion... Yeah. The airlines apparently had no discretion to say, look, that's a whole donkey. Right, and right, right. you can't bring the donkey. It's not a the donkey, it's a pony horse. Pony horse, no, whatever no, the no, thing there is, is. There is a difference. Well, well I, I mean, uh, that's, that's a, a whole pony horse. I, I, you can't bring that bad look, boy. Look, I, I, I know some people who have post-traumatic Yo, look, stress but, 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 no, but here's the deal. Here's okay. the real thing. I think okay, I have a support dog. Hold up, watch this here. The number, go to my, this, go to my iPad. The, the, the number of passengers flying with emotional support animals has nearly doubled from 561,000 in 2016 to more than 1 million in 2018, according to the estimates from Airlines for America. Doesn't surprise Now, look, man, I'm, look, if flying is that rough, get your ass on the bus. Take a car. I but wouldn't say that. Yeah. I wouldn't. No, there, do need, there does need to be precautions regarding emotional support. You know how crazy this thing has gotten with no, animals? It has gotten insane. I, I, like, I, insane. Somebody no, had a peacock once, I get that I part. Yeah. I, I totally no. understand that sentiment. But at the same time, you have to recognize that mental health issues are real and that some of these animals, like dogs and cats and things, that can actually be on planes that have been naturally, or not naturally, but traditionally able to be on planes with passengers. Go my iPad. Here's another one. Here's another one. I have a question, though. This is another one. Go my iPad. Mm. Yeah, see, that's a lot. See? But at the same time, so, if that's allowed... Jason, go ahead. Is it... So... Do you have to provide any kind of evidence that yes, this is an emotional support? And that's a letter animal. for your doctor. That's a, they, they that, actually that have a certificate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That you can I, travel. You know, with you. I can see people wanting to bring their dogs. Oh, no, okay. No, no, no. No, no, okay. Hold on. So here's a story from Fortune. Department of Transportation, y'all. And this is this. This is some bullshit. I'm sorry. DOT clears pit bulls, miniature horses to fly as service animals. A damn pit bull. Well, well, here's the thing about pit bulls, though. I mean, I'm not even an animal advocate. Yeah, I, we, I want to be clear be about that. But at the I, sa- yeah. that's what I'm saying because yeah. Maryland tried Pits to do the dogs. anti-pit thing, and what's I- a good dog? Yeah, a, a pit. What's a wrong? Hold on. Let, 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 let me explain you what I know about pit bull. A pit bull is a pit bull. Pit bulls have maul their own damn owners. Some, oh, listen, is, so that's, that's because okay. you're thinking about the pit bulls that have been trained exactly. to maul. People. Exactly. If you train a pit bull, they are the sweetest animals. Pit so, same thing with Rottweilers. Yep. They, they so here, here, here's, here's a little more... Here's same the, thing with Rottweilers. Here, 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 here's Absolutely. a little y'all more... Y'all out y'all damn mind. No, here, here, I see. It's like I... Here's like, a little more... Tell y'all right now, if your ass fly with me and a pit bull or Rottweiler with your ass, you ain't sitting... Matter of fact, we ain't on the plane. You getting your ass off. Nah, it's when you as train a, them... As someone who exactly. actually owns a pit bull named Magnus... A four-year-old red-nosed pit bull. 
Um, I, I, I actually, he actually is my ESA. Um, Yo, what? He's he's my emotional support animal. What what the hell? You can't fly by yourself? I, I, I don't use What's I don't wrong? take him. I don't we're rolling, I'm not gonna talk about that. What's wrong? You can't fly by yourself? But well, all emotional support animals aren't on planes. So yeah, you need which is the point that things. I was trying to make. Yeah. I can actually take him. You can't go nowhere by yourself. I can take him on the train, I can take him on the plane, I can take him in any store. Is it people? My my Go to my iPad. Last year. Last year. However, Delta Airlines banned pit bull-type dogs from his cabins on domestic flights after two employees were bit by a dog that was labeled as an emotional support animal. And that well, wasn't and properly trained. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But I still would not take my dog. But I would take my dog improperly trained emotional support animal. That's a fact, though. That's a fact. Like, I'm, not, again, I'm a dog owner, and I don't even like dogs at restaurants. That's, so, that's exactly. just... Yeah. So, again, I don't so. have any pets right now. Like, I, I'm completely petless. But what I will say is, one, mental health is a real thing that needs to be addressed. And for some, emotional support animals are a key in their mental health. So that said, if you need an emotional support animal on a plane, that should be allowed within reason. I can understand. The little so pony dogs the pony, and all of that. That's question. a lot. Another question. Do you have lot. to buy another ticket? Like, do, do they have to have their I own seat? I think it seat? depends on the line. Yeah, well, I've, I've never, I've never had. You know, because I'm wondering, you know, there I've are never even who, wanted to. There are people so. who are overweight who have to buy an extra exactly. seat. Exactly. Yeah. So if exactly. we're gonna let you bring a dog and you don't uh, have to purchase right. another seat, I've never to considered. me that's ridiculous. the kind of policies that need to be. Considered. I don't care if it's an emotional support animal or not. Little, little pony dogs or two. Little pony dogs. No. Yeah. Uh, you got yeah. a freaking horse on there. Get your yeah. ass on the bus. Some I don't care. I don't care. You can be mad. Let me tell you something. Y'all can be mad at me all y'all want to. Okay. You should not be flying with a damn pony horse. Absolutely. You should not be flying with a pit bull. Well, that's you should not be flying with a damn Rottweiler. Oh, that's a little if different. It's no. Okay, See, a there y'all go. All right. Can maul you. Yeah, yeah. A golden retriever can. Yeah, okay. Maul you. A Malamute can maul you. Yeah, okay. A Chihuahua is the most aggressive yeah, and okay. dog on the planet. Hey, I ain't trying to fly I, with none of them. I'd sooner have a pit bull. Hey, if you gonna fly, if you gonna fly with a dog. Put that dog in a little bitty ass bag. That way, no. But the leash you walking around. Now look, if you if you remember the U.S. if you remember the military, that's my only that's my only uh, exception. exception. But the that. rest of y'all <laughs> flying with damn pony horses. <laughs> if you got if you that emotionally, well, you need that much help. <laughs> and you got, if you need that much help, that you need to fly with a pony horse, bus, uh, drop, Greyhound would gladly take your. What about overseas? Yeah, but I don't want you on a Greyhound with your hey, boat. Boat. No. Boat. None of it. Fine. None Rent a car. It. Alamo. Avis. <laughs> Enterprise. National. Enterprise. Thrifty. Dollar. Hertz. Pick one. Don't get your ass on the damn uh, uh, playing with a pony oh, horse. I agree with that. I got it. Yeah, that's I, I, what, what the hell are we trying to give rides and shit to kids on a plane? Guess what, kids? We got a surprise for y'all. You can ride a pony horse on a plane. A whole pony horse. I actually horse. would like that for my kids, to be honest. Okay, now, okay. <laughs> see, now I have... Okay, y'all, last story. Last story. I ain't even... I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Last story. She not from Mississippi, but she is the craziest white person of the week. She must be from Texas. 
grilled. No charcoal grills are allowed. I'm white. I got you, Carl. This ignorant ass woman we about to show y'all called the cops on a man because she didn't recognize who he was and she said he looked illegal. What are you saying about what? Like, what? Hello, Lindor Police. Hello. <laughs> to it. Wait, where, she, where Right, she was like, yeah, he's probably taking your job. She... <sighs> I told y'all Trump done got these people just losing their mind here. That, 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 don't put that on Trump. That's just, that's just 
racism, bigotry, pet prejudice that has existed. In yeah, but the white folks have been calling the cops like crazy since 2016. Yeah, but I think I think we probably are just seeing these things videotape more. I don't know if they... We, we had cameras in 2015. But I, I think, we had phones in 2015. But I, but I think that this is something that now, when you have people are just really using their cameras to catch all sort of things, not just this sort of racism and prejudice and bigotry, but all sorts of things. So keep keep... Keep videotaping, and I hope her family sees it. I hope I her really church hope her sees, black it. Dad sees it. I hope it. her black dad sees it. Her black dad doesn't mean free. anything. You know what I mean? Though. That doesn't mean anything. I mean, like there's there's, there's my some crazy ass black, black people racist. out there too. But uh, did she you hear what some, came out of your mouth? An aloha. Yeah. Yeah, and what does that mean? Aloha. Hawaii? What the hell? Y'all, first of all, she said aloha. Then she said she came from Africa. Y'all, she 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 tried. Okay, she used every racist. Every possible turn. I'm not racist. My daddy black girl, you ain't. She just kept What does it mean to be punking somebody's job? Like I, I don't even. This is some. Okay, first of all, when we do it like a prank coming out of the you, you, You're trying. You're trying to I'm make like, common sense. <laughs> you're trying to make common sense, y'all. I, I, I can't even. I can't even. I can't even. He was uh, trying to get out of the parking yeah, lot. Yo, she's crazy. Uh, right, right. Should have rolled roll over her ass. Should have made. Should have made her speed bump. All right, y'all. First of all, we go in on this note here. Y'all, uh, over the weekend, uh, Naomi Osaka, reigning U.S. Open's oh, uh, tennis yeah, champ, yeah, she yeah. played Coco Golf, uh, one hell of a race, a match, and she, uh, man, she blew away Coco Golf in that second set, six nothing. Uh, tears were flowing for the 15-year-old, but if you want to see what what sportsmanship looks like, Osaka asked her uh, to participate with her in the post-game interview, and it was. It was certainly uh, a dramatic moment. A lot of people were reduced to tears uh, again. Just an amazing uh, scene. Those two, of course, you also had several other sisters who competed in the U.S. Open. You have another sister who advanced. Osaka lost, actually, uh, in, in the next round. Serena is still in it as well. Uh, so, again, yeah, just, just an amazing uh, display of their sportsmanship. Black girls yeah, rock. Ab absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I love that because... You know, uh, Coco looks like one of my nieces, and mm -hmm. Naomi Osaka looks like my daughter. Yeah. So I got really emotional looking at that, you know, and, and her proud parents. And we see, particularly in tennis, mm -hmm. it, I think, you know, the, the involvement of black parents, particularly black fathers, mm -hmm. and what they do in mentoring their daughters and mm -hmm. trying to see their daughters succeed, I think it's a beautiful thing. In the case of both of them, their fathers were the initial about. coaches. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now, and... For me, it's just they're still so young. Like, Coco is, what, 16? 15. 15 years yeah. old. And the fact that these are more, well, Asaka is 21 now, but the fact that they're more or less children who are actually teaching the world how to be true sportsmen, that, that just speaks volumes. The fact that they're black and they're girls and the black girl magic is just sprinkled all over that moment is one thing, and I definitely commend that. But... Well, so, well, first, just, I, I think Osaka understood how emotional it was because, again, golf lost 6-0 in that second set. And what happened to her last year in the finals when, mm -hmm. the, when the crowd was really cheering for Serena, the whole drama with, with, mm -hmm. with, with, the, with the umpire, and then, of course, Osaka wins uh, and how she handled that as well. Uh, and then also, folks, right now, Serena, somebody, tweet, somebody posted on YouTube that Serena uh, is out of the U.S. Open. No, she's not. She's playing right now. She up 3 nothing in <laughs> the first set. I, I read that. No, somebody... You read what? I, do, I think I read some foolishness like that, that she was supposed to be getting Dude, out. it's a live match right now. Yeah. It's the quarterfinals right now. Serena's playing. She's up 3-0. Yeah. She's playing Wayne Kwong right yeah. now. It's called live. 
I mean, no, I what wasn't the hell, what, that. what the hell were you reading? No, I said that I read something, some... something Mississippi. <laughs> See, <laughs> I'm just checking. All right, y'all. One thing I one thing I panel here. Thanks a lot, uh, Melit. Go, go trust me. Go talk to your Republican about voter suppression. Trust me, they'll confirm it. Uh, all right, y'all. Tomorrow is the first anniversary of Roland Martin Unfiltered. We launched this show. One year ago, September 4th, 2018, has been a fantastic year of, of course, uh, lots of content. Uh, we're going to have uh, some good stuff for you tomorrow. I'm going to share with you some stats to give you an indication of how uh, good the last year has been. I've blown my expectations. Uh, it's all because of you, all the folks who have been watching us on YouTube, Facebook, and Periscope. So we're going to have that for you as well. Don't forget, if you want to support what we do, please join our Bring the Funk Fan Club. This is an independent uh, news operation. We are not corporately owned. Uh, we do this thing uh, largely because of our partners and because of you. So please go to RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. You can use Square, PayPal, or even... Uh, cash app support what we do. I want to thank uh, is it Kimberly Banks? Uh, Kimberly just gave uh, just gave some money to us on uh, YouTube, and I appreciate that. It was uh, yes, Kimberly Banks. We appreciate your donation to us on YouTube. And if you're on YouTube, you could actually give during the show, so you can give straight to YouTube. So we certainly appreciate every dollar that you give. Because, again, this is about us being able to have the kind of conversations uh, that we can do that you're not going to hear anywhere else. And so uh, look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow. I got to go. I'll see you guys on Tom John the Morning Show, 7.15 a.m. Eastern on Wednesday. And right here, 6 p.m. Eastern, Roland Martin Unfiltered. Holla! I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.